Welcome to Fleet Safety Geeks. I'm Bob. And I'm Phil. And we welcome you to our podcast. All right. Welcome back to another week of Fleet Safety Geeks. We are finishing our Fleet Safety Policy series. This is episode three, where we're talking about implementing the Fleet Safety Policy. Um, we have special guest Mike Kenneder, uh, Fleet Services Manager for General Mills, and he's also on the Board of Directors at NAFA and serves as Vice President um, of NAFA Board. Um, Mike, how are you? Would you like to say a few words? Good, good. Good to see you guys. Um, it's always good to see you guys after we've been a- apart for so long. But no, doing really well. And um, yeah, I'm super excited to join you guys today. Yeah, this is going to be an important one because we're going to kind of tie everything together and um, um we all have experience doing that, but we wanted to get somebody uh, who also has experience doing that. So appreciate you being on. Phil, how are you doing? Good. How are you doing, my friend? Doing great. Yeah. That's good. So, um, yeah, go ahead. No, I just, uh, this is, uh, this is it. Yeah, as you said, the last of the three uh, on uh, fleet policy. And I think this one is, uh, this, is the, this, this, this puts a ribbon on it, right? I mean, so we're going to talk That's about, right. you know, implementing the policy and then um, really like enforcement of it and an equal enforcement of it um, once it is implemented and things like that. So I think this is a really important episode. Yeah. So, okay, well, great. So to, to um, summarize the, the other episodes, you know, we talked about, um, you know, developing a fleet steering committee or a safety committee and getting all your stakeholders involved Um you know, making sure you have sea level support and everybody can, you know, uh, back, uh, you know, and implementing a safety policy. Um, the second week we talked about, um, you know, actually developing something as a scoring system. Uh, Phil, you talked about having an enforcement and, and holding people accountable. Um, so that's an important part. But then, Mike, that's when it comes to you. So, you know, uh, as we implement a policy, you know, you've probably had some experience doing this. Um, how do you feel as far as, uh, I assume you've taken those steps as well or done something similar. How have you implemented a, a safety policy in your experience? Yeah, I'm actually, I'm on the cusp of, of revising ours today um, uh, at General Mills. But uh, actually, the first piece is to essentially make sure you get buy-in from everybody. I mean, just to, so I've socialized what our safety policy with everyone in our organization um, explained why because some people had questions or oh does that seem pretty that seems pretty rash or or pretty hardcore you know etc but i explained to him this is the scenario we're trying to prevent and at the end of the day i think all of us who are fleet managers we have a duty to protect our organization from a liability standpoint and not allowing you know drivers who may not who shouldn't be behind the wheel behind the wheel on a day-to-day basis. So the first piece is just really just getting buy-in from everybody and getting everybody on the same page. One of the things you, you don't want to do is not get buy-in and you roll it out and everybody is, well, I don't agree with that. You know, So everyone in our organizations agreed with it because when it comes time to enforce it and there's going to be a time when we have to you know, say goodbye to one of our drivers, for, an, for example, there's nobody, com- there's nobody complaining about the policy or the process it is what it is at that point. And you want to make sure we treat everybody equally, you know, within the organization. And we kind of, you know, the same 
consequences are also delivered, you know, based on the behaviors of those individuals. So the first part, I think, is just getting buy-in. The second part is communicating it. And that gets really tough because you can send folks emails. And so we're doing a couple of things. We're sending emails to all of the drivers just to say, hey, guys, here's a here's our new fleet safety policy, you know, effective on such and such date. We're putting out there out there on our FMC portal, so our drivers have access to it. We actually also have an internal, um, like kind of a kind of an intranet type thing internal to the company. So it, the, we actually have a policy site where all of our policies are listed internally. So we're updating it there um, as well. And then we're going to actually do a little bit of uh, over the next several weeks. We're going to start pushing out little little just quick emails. Did you know the policy changed? Here's the here's the link to it. And here's a couple things that you might want to be aware of. And just to kind of sprinkle, you know, because if you just send somebody the policy, the people are going to be like, oh my gosh, it's 17 pages. I think mine's like 17, um, which I tried to limit it down, but it, it, there's just so much ground to cover. Um, and, and there's so many scenarios. And I often have a conversation with some of my superiors about, you know, when certain situations arise, they say, well, what does the policy say? And I say, guys, it is really difficult for me to have a policy that addresses every single what if scenario. So we have to kind of stay broad and then we use our judgment, you know, when, when some of these events um, come into place. But it, I really think the key is just communicating to everybody. So they're aware if you send them a whole 17 page policy, some people will read it just like everything in life, right? Some people are going to read it cover to cover. Other people are going to go, uh, delete, you know, they're not going to read it. And then when they're impacted by it, they're going to go, wait, this isn't fair. I didn't know I couldn't have three wrecks in a year. I, 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 nobody told me, you know, like that's, and I'm sure you guys have been in those situations, you know, as well. Or, well, I didn't know talking on my cell phone was against policy. You know, it's all very clear out there what the expectation is. Um, so it's just making sure there's clarity in what um, in, in what we're communicating. So that's really the key, I think, to implement it. And then once you get it in place, it's it's also making sure you follow it consistently because one of the things that could could really kind of uh, sink a fleet manager is when you start allowing exceptions for this or allowing exceptions for that. Um, if you're allowing that many exceptions, you might want to look at revising the policy because it should apply to everybody. And there's, unless it's a, a very extreme circumstance that you come across, and of course we all get those from time to time, but unless it's very extreme, you really can't, you know, you really can't provide exceptions to folks because then you just become an exception manager the whole time. So, yeah. <clears throat> Phil, were you going to say something? No, go ahead, Bob. Well, I just want to piggyback on some of what you just said there, Mike, because it's a really good point. We brought it up on, on a couple different episodes uh, before this one, and that's um, drivers are looking to follow policy. Um, so once you've identified that policy and you know explained it to them, they're almost at a relief because then they know what's expected of them. Um, so training that policy from either the field managers down to the drivers is very important. Um, you know, communicating it, but also, you know, making sure that the drivers fully understand what's going on uh, is a good step there. So that's great. And then you mentioned you can't put everything in the policy. That's what I'm dealing with right now is we have a driver who was involved in an accident. We're getting sued. And there was um, uh, the driver said to the other attorney, oh, I think I had a, uh, a dash cam in there. And maybe that'll give something. We don't have a dash cam policy. It wasn't a dash cam from the company. We didn't have any video from it. 
And so I said, hey, you know, we shouldn't have dash cams in the vehicle. And everybody's like, where is that in the policy? And again, you can't have everything in the policy, but that's probably going to be added until we have a dash cam you know, policy in place. So, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, those are things that just pop up. I, I ran into a similar scenario as well, where we had a, a driver who was involved in an altercation, and um, he says, "Oh, I have a dash cam in my car. I can see your video of the whole thing." And I was like, "Okay, interesting." Um, but uh, you're right. I mean, and there's technologies like that that you know we're as fleet managers, we're not aware what drivers are bringing into the vehicles, you, you know, and so forth. So right. it's it's we it always another thing as we talk about policy is that you have to update the thing quite frequently just to keep up with the the changing technology and the and the times and and everything else. And one thing I do want to add to what I was saying before, Bob, is what another key component um, is just visibility to it. Like so. One of the things that was not happening um, in our organization is people, we ran their MVRs and it all, we, we could see it, but the drivers actually couldn't see their points. So nobody actually knew where they stood. And so one of the important things that we just did was we gave everybody access to see where they stand. So if you can't have X, if you can only have X amount of points, this is where you are today. Because our goal with those enforcement and that policy is to try to change those drivers behaviors. I don't want to pull somebody off the program when they get too many points. I want them to be aware that when you have this many points, you need to, something needs to change because if you don't change, you're going to be off the program. And, and as we all know, some drivers take that change very seriously and they're like, yep, I need to do, I need to do better. And other drivers, it's the ones that say, well, that wasn't my fault and that wasn't my fault and I didn't do anything wrong. And of course, they're not going to change. And it's only a matter of time before some of those drivers will accumulate enough points to where they won't be on the program anymore. Or they're going to have a serious accident that's going to hurt somebody or themselves. Right. Yep. Right. You make a number of good points, Mike. I love that you know what you're saying is that you have to you have to keep the policy updated. It has to be a living document. And and I worked for a pharmaceutical uh, for a number of years where we went through the same thing. And what I found also when I you know when you do the policy update, you even get that upper level you know buy-in, upper level uh, management level buy-in. Um, I had to just uh, here are the changes. You know, I had to do the, the short version of here. Okay, so that you didn't have to read through the entire thing again, or it would never have happened. Uh, and I'm not trying to be critical, but they're very, very busy people, and you have to do you know a pretty uh, quick assessment or you know quick version of what you're, you're you're proposing as changes. But it has to be looked at at least on an annual basis. I say, and and to the point that both uh, Mike and Bob, uh, both of you made the. You can't cover everything. I put in a lot of generals, like for so. For instance, you can't put any equipment in the vehicle or on the vehicle that is not already in there when you receive the vehicle. You know, mm -hmm. and so I just put a general thing like that in there, just to kind of cover myself. But I'm I'm, I'm thinking back on the wording of that, and I'm wondering, is that covered? Cameras? You know, who would have thought? They had to put in there, hey, don't put a dash cam in, you know, but uh, you never know what the drivers are going to do. So you, you got to kind of predict. But uh, another thing I, I, I found very, very helpful is I had I had legal on speed dial. You know, I mean, it was uh, legal on HR because when it came down to that policy enforcement, I needed them, you know, to 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 be there with me. 
Um, and Mike, and I, I don't know if you've ever, you know, and, and encountered that, but you know, you get that really good employee that they, you know, that the, the, they, they don't want their policy to quite apply to that person. And that can be, uh, difficult. So I don't know if you've ever encountered those things, Mike, and then, and then how do you, how do you navigate through things like that? Well, so I've encountered that several times. I mean, you know, it, it's the typical salesperson, right? You have a really good salesperson in an organization. They, they're, they're a rock star. You know, they sell, they're good, they're, but sometimes a good salesperson, they're super aggressive and they drive super aggressive. I mean, that's kind of the personality traits that you right. see. And so what I have to often remind folks is that, yes, they're a great salesperson, but part of the overall job is driving. So they, if they're good at one piece, they're not so good at the other piece. And so, yeah, they might be a good employee through this lens, but you've got to look at the whole picture. So, and in some cases, I've even had to show the dollar amounts that a certain employee was costing us doing what that person was doing and then compared it to their sales and said, you know what? Yeah, this guy is a rock star, but he's not even making enough money to cover what he's smashing right. up. I, and the and the and damage he's causing to to other people and then you know when you start including the the liability claims and the injuries to other parties and man it, you know most fleets are self-insured so i mean they're taking that on they're taking that on dollar for dollar in their organization and a lot of people don't look at it that way but you know you've got to look at the whole cost it's not just the sheet metal on of the fleet vehicle that you own what, what, what are we paying to the other party how much downtime loss of work all that stuff kind of goes but yeah i try to say that you know again phil it's 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 you have a, a whole job to do and especially some of these salespeople who drive a lot some of them will drive four or five hours a day so they're spending a majority of their time driving so they've got to get that component of their job right um in order to be considered a really good employee I totally agree with it. I always tell people, hey, whether you like it or not, you're a professional driver. If you have to drive from point A to point B to get your job done, guess what? You fall into that classification. You need to drive professionally. So I would always tell, I always tell people, hey, you, that, is, that is a huge part of what you do every day. And it's probably it's the most dangerous thing you do. And I, I've related this story before. And, Bob, if I'm telling the same stories ever again, I apologize. But I remember doing training for a company. It was a copper mining company. And they determined that it was much more dangerous for the drivers to drive to the, to the mine than it was to work in the mine. So they have to understand that their, their risk factors are so much you know, so, so high just behind the wheel. And, and my previous employment, uh, you know, with, with, with the police job, you know, that is one of the most dangerous things cops do. You know, they, they always think about all the shootings and things like that. A lot of cops die in car wrecks. And, and so, so, you know, people need to understand that is a major part of you bring up such a great point. That is a major part of their employment. And, and they need to be just as serious about that as they are with their sales. Uh, they need to give that as much attention. But what I found too, Mike, is that those type, they're not type A's, they're type triple A's, right? They're the people yep. who are out there really getting it, right? And they want to get that other sale and they want to do this and want to do that. But if you can swing that person towards safety, if you can convince them, this is very, very important. And the most important thing you do every day, I say it over and over again, is you go home. And, and Bob, what do we say? Don't be a selfish driver, selfish driver, right? Get home. Right. Yeah, it, it was really interesting, Phil, when I was in a sales role, I visited um, a prospect who um, fixed cell phone towers. 
and and that kind of, and so their technicians had to climb right. 200 feet in the air up a cell phone tower on a windy day. Sometimes it's raining, etc. And so they they were like the people that are comfortable doing that are comfortable taking a lot of risk. And how does that the risk that they're comfortable right. taking translate to their driving? And so that organization had a really tight telematics policy on their cars mm-hmm. because their their employees. I mean, if you think about the kind of person who's, I, I mean, I'm not climbing up a cell phone tower. Like, there's no way to hack. I mean, I would, I'd like, sorry, I don't care how much you're paying me, but I'm not going up there. But you know, but it, it translates. You know, sometimes the jobs that we expect people to do translates into certain personality types. And so this company had to like really keep a really. I mean, they were like they were on the like real time alert system with those drivers just to keep them in line uh, because they they're willing to take i mean if you're willing to climb up there and fix a cell tower during lightning a storm or something like that i mean you you may not worry about speed limits and safe to safe clearances and things like that so what i learned though mike is that if you can take that person you know the really aggressive person and get them enthusiastic about safety you now have that type like triple a person promoting safety and that's a good thing yeah. You know, so sure. if you can if you can do that, if you can swing that, you know, because hey, I think we can all agree we don't want to see people lose their jobs. No. But what I had to learn was I didn't do it. You did. You knew the policy. You violated the policy again and again. And and now you're 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 unemployed. And and that that stinks. But you know they're written for a reason. Yeah. So I. You know, for the risky employees who climb cell towers and work on them in high winds, you know, and that translates over to um, maybe, you know, taking risks in a, in a vehicle. That company sounds like they were very, you know, had a great safety culture, right? Mm-hmm. Not only just, you know, with telematics in there and, and making a very tight program, but they probably also had very good safety training on the towers and stuff like that. So if you have that really good safety culture around the job that they do, hopefully they were also you know, doing a lot of training and, and keeping the driver safe behind the wheel. And it was carrying over um, in, into the wheel. Um, you know, with your policy, um, uh, Mike, you know, you talk about, you know, having it out there, visibility, you know, access to, do you do any kind of um, training, like any internal training? Um, um, we have like a university that we do and we have a sign off. Do you have them sign off on it? Yep. So like- when, so when you, a new employee that comes into, um, to the fleet world, if you are a fleet eligible employee, um, we actually make you read the policy. There's a sign off and then there's a quiz at the end. And, and I, I think some people get a little upset with this because we make them get a hundred percent on the quiz or they got to take it again. But the it's not hard, you know. It's basic things like: is it okay to be driving on a, you know, driving while talking on your cell phone? Is it okay to be checking your text messages while you're at a stoplight? Like, you know, it's kind of some of those. It's not something that you have to memorize. It's kind of more common, common sense. sense stuff. But we use those quizzes um, just to remind people of what our policies are and, and so mm-hmm. forth. And then every time somebody orders a new vehicle, we actually make them re-sign off on the policy again. So, you know, so it's not just on the initial right when they come on board, because you think about it, you know, any of us who have changed jobs, you get there on the first day and they're like, here's this policy, here's this policy, here's our anti-corruption policy. And you're like, yeah, okay. Um, You know, one can't possibly, even if you read it, you're not going to retain all that information, right? I mean, it's just, it's a lot. So companies tend to do that. 
we actually wait. Um, we actually wait five days after they're on board to send them that. And I did that intentionally so that they're not. It's not going to be part of their typical onboarding stuff that gets thrown at you. So, um, so I don't know how effective that is, but it is something that. I took note when I was a new employee several years ago and I was like, Oh my God, I literally spent like the first two days doing nothing but like video just in training and signing this and acknowledging that. And I don't even remember half what half that stuff was. So I shouldn't probably say that because people say, Oh, Mike didn't remember that, but we're all human. Right. I mean, that's, you know, so, so anyway, so we did space that out a little bit. I get, don't know how impactful it is, but I just want to be kind of just aware of that overload that happens when a new employee comes on board. So that's a great idea. And I was going to ask you, do you kind of uh, refresh the policy and the agreement to the policy? I really like the idea because they're going to get a new car every three to five years or in this environment, every 20 years, if we can ever get a car ordered, (laughs) (laughs) but um, but that's a, that's a great opportunity to refresh that policy with the driver. But that's also another good point. You know, when you're getting onboarded with a new company and you have all of this stuff thrown at you and then you've been there 15 years and they hold you to some policy that you read on day one, 15 years ago, it's not going to do you a lot of good. You know, right. you got to keep that stuff fresh and, 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 and renew it with people. So they understand. And there's, there's other policies that organizations have that they refresh every year or two, like that they make you take training on. If you think like ethics. workplace violence, ethics, some of those things work because they're important. And, and, mm-hmm. and the, the ones that are important also, when you don't follow them, the consequences are pretty severe. And so that's why, you know, it's a good, it's a good idea to just have that refresher every so often, just to remind folks of, you know, there are things that we expect you to do and not do, you know, when you're behind the wheel of our vehicle. Yeah. The consequences of not being safe behind the wheel can be extremely Mm -hmm. severe. That's, that's why we're here doing this. So, yep, exactly. So, well, great points. I like that. That's good. Phil, you got anything about yeah, so, uh, refreshing policy? You've done yeah, this before. Yeah, so I just wanted to relate this story. I, you know, this was a number of years ago, years ago. Uh, and I won't name the company. Uh, I'll just say it was a Fortune 500, okay? I was in a fleet meeting, and the fleet manager was doing a presentation for the group and talking about policy and running MVRs. And he said that he does not run MVRs because there were uh, there was a certain senior vice president in his organization who refused to have his own MVR run. Now, wouldn't you like to have seen that MVR? Yeah. And he said, as a result, he removed that from the policy. So Bob and Mike, you both made the point of you need to get that upper level management, the buy-in from top down, the C-level. That's... You know, if you got the president of the company signing off and saying, okay, this is what we're doing, then when you have that person, I think you're going to get a lot less pushback and actually protect yourself a little bit from somebody who is, uh, you know, at a higher level than you are. Um, but it's unfortunate that you have to think in those terms, but sometimes you have to think in those terms. So that's why I believe it's so important that you get the, the most senior management buy-in uh, when, you, when you're putting your policy in place so that you don't run into a situation like that. I just remember leaning over and sitting, the guy I was with and, and just saying, hey, if any of their drivers ever hit me and I'm not able to, make sure you tell my wife to sue that company because you know, they, they're not even running MVRs because of one senior VP who refused to have his MVR run. 
And, and I, that makes the situation even worse because it's not a line level employee. This is a senior person, uh, you know, that that obviously has means and, you know, and so forth. And that that really speaks to the culture of an organization when something like that happens. And to your point, Phil, if there is a if there is litigation on something like that, it's not it. it typically won't end very favorably to the to, to that organization um, if you if you are making exceptions you know for certain employees in it even looks worse if you're making exceptions for a higher level employees those are the ones who should be setting the example and that's what would come out in you know in a courtroom as well and I would want to be on the stand to have an answer to that question nope uh, that, you know and, and, and again that's where I think it's important to make sure you have legal and HR on your side as well. Um, you know, you have to have the policy in place. The policy has to have some teeth and has to be followed for everybody, you know. So, but uh, the point I'm trying to make, though, is make sure you do have that, you know, the absolute, absolute tops of the company, um, you know, signing off on this and agreeing on this because it, it, I don't care who it is. You know, I don't care who it is. You know, the policy has to be enforced uh, at all levels. I don't care if it's the newest person coming in or the person that's been there for, you know, 25 years and is, you know, it's a top office in the building. Doesn't matter. Does not matter. Yeah. Um, it has to be for, enforced. Yeah. The, um, one of the things that we do as far as our safety program is we send out safety blasts. Um, fleet sends one one week, health and safety sends, trips, falls, and, you know, not getting hurt on your everyday job inside a building um, the following week. Um, when it goes out, we send it to all global employees. So it goes overseas and we try and globalize it so it, it fits with everybody's you know, type of driving and where they are. Um, and every once in a while, we'll get a pushback because it comes from our generic um, you know, fleet inbox. And so somebody replies to it thinking nobody's answering it. And they're really rude and saying, you know, I've been driving for 35 years. I'm not even in a fleet vehicle. Stop sending me this. Your unsubscribe doesn't even work. And I'm like, you know, this is sent by corporate communications. Unsubscribe isn't going to work because we're going to send this to you right. every week. But this is also supported by our president and CEO of the company. Um, and as a safety, uh, a company with such a strong safety culture, we just wanted everybody to be safe. We're doing this for you. You know, so I try and throw, you know, throw it back on them. But but that's exactly right. You know, if, if you have that senior buy-in leadership, um, you can actually use it you know, to your benefit and talk to other drivers and explain why we're doing, you know, some of the things that we do. So and a lot of people can too. use that in their personal cars as well. A lot of the information that, that all exactly. of us send out are not just something you should be doing at work. It's something we should all be doing in our daily, you know, mm -hmm. as we drive to the grocery store errands, whatever, we should be following those same best practices and safety, um, you know, safety parameters, um, even when we're in our own car. I mean, they're that it's, it's common sense. I hate to say it, but a lot of it is purely common sense. Sometimes so that's not very common, though, Mike. Mike. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, but. yeah, that's exactly what the president of our company said when he saw the, the messages that were going out to the drivers. He's like, why aren't we sending this to every employee? And, and so we adjusted how we did that. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, so we try and keep these to about 30 minutes. You know, I don't want to take anything away from the, the value of the podcast. Mike, do you have anything you want to kind of, uh, you know, summarize or, you know, do you think that you've caught? most of what you wanted to say as far as implementing the policy, uh, any last tidbits? Um, just, you know, don't give up. I mean, like I know sometimes implementing these things can be hard, um, but, you know, it, I was always, it was interesting when I interviewed for the role that I, I'm in, the director who was interviewing me, his last question was, Mike, if you're in a situation where you have a choice of doing the easy thing 
or the right thing, what would you do? And, you know, of course, you guys probably know how I responded to that. But sometimes doing this is not easy. And but you've always got to do the right thing and you've got to put in the extra work. And somebody might say, well, why are we even addressing that? You know what? It's the right thing to do. This could cost us a lot of money. So it's not easy work. But most fleet managers never really back away from a challenge anyway. I mean, all of us are problem solvers and by nature. And so, you know, I mean, that's, you know, keep at it. And if you, and if it's something that you can't get in this year, keep bringing it up, keep bringing it up, keep putting it on the table until, until you're successful in, in getting that or, or maybe reposition how you're, how you're approaching, you know, a certain policy that you're trying to put into or show examples. But at the end of the day, don't give up. Yeah. I, I like that. That's a great message. Thanks for saying that. Yeah. Phil, you have any uh, last uh, tidbits of knowledge that people? No, can I, use well, I just uh, m- thanks, Mike. Uh, really appreciate your uh, your insight here. It's it's been excellent. Um, uh, just I, I I just like that. Don't don't give up. Right. Uh, I will encourage people to watch the next episode, Bob. We have a good one coming up. You know. So uh, why don't you give a, a quick preview? Well, we're we're going to be angry. Okay. So we're, <laughs> 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 let's just listen. Um, hey, angry safety geeks. Yeah, the angry safety geeks, right? Uh, so it's uh, it's really ridiculous what's going on in the roads, and everybody who drives knows what I'm talking about. I mean, the numbers are through the roof, and I just think as a nation uh, here in the U.S., it's just not being addressed the way it should be addressed. So uh, that's kind of where we're going with it. Uh, Bob and I will be on our soapboxes and shouting. So if you want to see an angry Bob and an angry Phil, tune in for the next episode. Well, this was a much kinder, nicer uh, uh podcast today mike thanks to you we appreciate it and um uh, thank you for the for the for the information and i hope people that uh you know get get some good ideas and how to handle things uh within their own organizations yeah mike thank you this was very valuable and it was a great way to kind of tie up the uh the three-part series here on developing the fleet safety policy um your feedback was very helpful i appreciate that thanks i appreciate the invite enjoyed it as well so yeah uh but phil to your point too. Uh, we are going to get a little bit angry next week, um, mainly because, you know, uh, crashes are up, fatalities are up. And the reason Phil and I are out here is because we hate crashes. Phil says it all the time. Um, and we want to reduce those cra- those crashes. We, we concentrate on the fleet industry because we're in the fleet industry. But this podcast is for everybody. You know, um, not all fleet drivers are the ones involved in accidents. Everybody's involved. Um, Phil and I were talking. Uh, I just came back from vacation and, and you know, it was eight hour drive got run off the road by somebody probably using a cell phone we saw so many vehicles you know swerving between their lanes going slow we have a problem out there and we need to fix it and and you know phil and i aren't going to be the ones to fix it but we're going to try our damnedest (laughs) start start uh, making some noise something has to be done yeah yeah uh so with that uh, in respect to everybody's time we want to thank you for listening to this podcast hope you have found this series to be helpful and beneficial for your organization If you're listening on a popular podcast platform, such as Spotify, Apple, or Google, please subscribe and be notified of future episodes. Um, You can also find our video podcast on YouTube at Fleet Safety Geeks. We'd appreciate it if you like and subscribe there as well. Um, And you may not know it, but we're on the other social media channels as Facebook and Twitter, where we'll put all of our uh, links to our episodes out there and some also uh, helpful safety information. Um, Finally, if you have a suggestion for a fleet safety topic, Please reach out to me or Phil by by email if you have it or on LinkedIn. And most importantly, drive safe out there and keep your drivers safe. 
uh, with that, I want to thank you for uh, uh, both of you for, for uh, this episode. And Mike, thanks for uh, tying this one together. Thanks, guys.